praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Good to be back in the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. Every time we get together with the Lord, it's a good time. Amen. Praise the Lord. I had one time people, I, I well, I had somebody that sort of was, you know, making the comment that they needed more family time and uh, some years ago and they wanted to miss a service so they can have family time with their wife and children. I said, well, you know, it seems to me that most people, when they go to have family time, they they will go to an amusement park and and um, the amusement park amuses and entertains you and you ride rides and let them go run off. Or some people go to the city park and they sit there with a book and let the kids play on the swings and the slides. And I said, it seems to me family time is, you know, let me read my book and you kids go play. I said, it doesn't make sense to me because I think church is the best family time you could have. What could be better than bringing your wife and your children into the presence of God and worshiping God together? I said, you can't go. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So they left and went to another church. That's the way that goes. Hallelujah. But it's still right. Amen. It's still right. Praise the Lord. I, I realized your pastor and I were talking about the generational changes that are going on and that it is a continuum that has perpetuated since man began. You can go back as many hundreds of years that you could find any kind of record or somebody's diary. They're complaining about the generation coming up behind them, much like we are ours today. And I realize that this never ends, and it's always going to be problematic. But I do know that we're living in, in the last days that makes this more, more defined in what we are talking about today. Amen. Because we are living in the last days. I hope you're ready tonight to meet Jesus. If you have your Bibles and... and, and I'm already feeling like I need to get into the word of the Lord. Thank you, Pastor Riggins, for uh, everything you've done, the wonderful food. And uh, you, have a, you have a very godly pastor, and I want to congratulate him tonight on 17 years, amen, of pastoring. It is no easy feat, amen, and we want to give him honor tonight. He is the man that will be here next week. And the week after, and when your babies are born, and when you got to bury your dead, and when you're sick in the hospital, thank God for your pastor. Amen. And we want to we want to recognize these great men of God that have come to visit. And I hope it's not a waste of time. If God is here, that'll be profitable. But I don't know about right now until the rest of the service. But good to see Brother King again after so many years. Amen. I'm glad that he's here. And Brother Barry and Brother Ward, good to see you great preachers. Thank you for coming. I hope that, um, I hope that, um, well, I just hope the Lord just moves in this place and we'll just give God all the glory. How's that sound? If you have your Bibles, you'll turn with me to the book of Matthew chapter 24. I want to read to you uh, familiar passages, I'm sure to many of you, but I 
want to read to you a passage that God has laid on my heart uh, for this service. And I feel like God has given me direction. And uh, I, I want to obey the Holy Ghost tonight. Amen. I want to see somebody... I want to see somebody helped. I want to see somebody changed tonight. Amen. There's no sense in coming to church if the Word of God doesn't change you. Amen. We're living in a generation that are more enthralled and intoxicated uh, with praise. Amen. With just praise. Anything can praise God. You don't even have to have the truth and you can praise God. But the Bible said the hour is coming now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Oh, I'm going to tell you there is a combination of spirit and truth, amen, that will make a combustible power and fire like you have never seen. Spirit and truth. God's looking for people to worship him. So we're in a time where everybody's worshiping God. Even the Catholics are clapping their hands and bringing tambourines to church. The Baptists are jumping the pews and the Episcopalians, uh, amen, are, are dancing their skirts around, amen. It, it's nothing new. They have learned to acclimate to Pentecostalism, amen, and our type of worship because they see that it brought results. But what they don't understand, that's not what brought what we have. What we do is because of what we have. Our worship is a result of it. Amen. And if you want God tonight, I believe God wants to talk to somebody. Amen. I digress, but I feel the Holy Ghost. Oh, God, please help us tonight. Amen. Time is running out. Amen. Matthew chapter 24 and verse number 36. I'll not try to keep you too long. But of that day and knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they came eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field, the one shall be taken and the other left, two women shall be grinding at the mill, the one shall be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the good men of the house had known in what watch the thief would have come, he would have watched and would not have suffered to have his house to be broken up. Therefore be ye also ready for in an hour or in such an hour as ye think not the Son of Man cometh. I'm telling you, the Lord is coming. Who that is faithful and a wise servant when his Lord hath made ruler over his house to give them meat in due season. Now I'm reading a lot of scripture. You just forgive me and I'll, I'll be done in just a second. Bless
Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Verily I say unto you that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. But, and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, my Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to smite his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunken. I feel like that's where we're at in this age right now. And the Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looketh not for him and in an hour that he is not aware of and shall cut him asunder, appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Scripture is fulfilled in the hour that we live. I know this was written almost 2,000 years ago. I realize that it was pinned on parchment and other artifices. Uh, amen. And we've recorded it and kept it. It has lived through over 20 centuries and two millenniums. Uh, it has endured, uh, amen, civilizations and empires. That we just read about that have passed from the landscape and the scene. We have seen world wars. We have seen men live and die. And here we are, 2013. I believe there is no generation like this generation. We are the rapture generation. You can fool yourself into thinking God will tarry another thousand years. But I believe it in my heart tonight that God could come even before I am finished preaching this message. Oh, hallelujah. 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 I am not a preterist. I do not believe he's already come. I am a part of the bride of Jesus Christ who is looking for his appearing. And I believe it could happen tonight. I know I've left you standing. I'm not trying to be inconsiderate and rude. Amen. But I feel like I need to say a few things before you sit down in body and some will sit down in mind. But, oh, I feel like I've got a message for somebody in this house, for this generation. Amen. Do not let the devil beguile you into thinking that you are not the rapture generation. We are the people, I believe it, that are going to hear the sound of that trumpet. That don't excite people anymore. But there was a day that the church would have almost come out of their shoes at the mention of the coming of God. We are in the hour of the evil servant. Amen. You may be seated. I'm sorry. We are in the hour of the evil servant. We are in the day that he has looked in the Bible said and recorded of that day that they begin to smite his fellow servants. I've never seen a time of so much infighting, amen, and bickering and complaining. 
and petty grievances, amen, over stupid things, amen, from the ministry all the way into our pews, the fights that I've got to somehow referee at times, almost insult my intelligence that I've got to even listen, amen, to the petty, amen, non-important little grievances. I'll pack up my marbles and I'll go home is the attitude of this generation. Amen. I'll go to another church. I'll go somewhere where they can appreciate me and they will listen to my grievances. We are in the hour of the evil servant. We are in the time that they are complaining and they are griping. Amen. To no end. I've never seen so much pity. Amen. Things even in the ministry in the hour that we live that we will throw down. Amen. And walk away from good brethren over things that are not essential and not important. I'm going to tell you what, brethren, if I've ever needed you, I don't care if you pastor two people. If I ever needed you, I need you now. It's time for men of like precious faith to bind together against the evil works of darkness of this hour. You don't think that the devil doesn't feel some sort of sense that it's not long. He does. He don't know, but I'm sure he's working over time. But if that evil servant shall say in his heart, my Lord delayeth. Everybody say delayeth. My Lord delayeth his coming. Amen. This is the generation. I remember when I came in in the 70s. I remember, amen, every song was about he's coming soon. Amen. About bread. Amen. Being sold songs. Amen. For a bag of gold. And there was death in the streets. And it was dark. And I should have got saved. You know, all those old songs. I remember the preaching and the rally that we had, that the Lord is coming. Amen. In 76, they had a big deal. In 88, I think it was, at 88 reasons why he's coming in 88. And year after year has passed. And here we are in the 21st century. Amen. Of 2013. Never thought we would live to see this age that we're living in. Of technological wonder and no end to the things that we can have and that we can do. But here we sit when the church ought to be more on fire than it's ever been. They are wrapped up in the pleasures of this world and this life at an unprecedented level. If there's ever a time, young people, you better shake yourself. Amen. That this world is not going to give you what you need because what you need is a baptism of the power and the fire of Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost, I'll tell you what we need. We don't need programs. We don't need any new thing. We need old-fashioned apostolic anointing that sweeps through a house and baptizes us with the baptism of fire. And this evil generation said, my Lord delayeth his coming. Amen. Our, our important, intelligent people have asked
are Greek. Amen. Intellects. Amen. God can't come. Yeah. Because there has to be this and that politically. I'm here to tell you tonight. Amen. That a lot of people have fallen out along the way because of the delay. You know what I'm preaching to you tonight? Amen. Can you survive the delay? Can you survive the delay? He hasn't come yet. He can't tell you. He may not come tomorrow. Amen. But you got to have a made up mind that I'm not going anywhere. Can you survive the wait? Can you survive? Amen. The delay. Amen. It's because of that attitude that there are those that are not here. It wasn't but 10 or 15 years ago. I knew some other men in Kansas that used to preach this, that used to run with holiness men like Elder Riggins and the others. But now they're singing a new song. They're riding a new trike. Amen. They've got a new revelation. Amen. Because they couldn't survive the delay. I'm going to tell you this delay is going to entrap more people than television ever thought to. The delay is going to trap more people. Amen. Than all the sins you can think of. Oh, the delay. Can you survive the delay? Can you survive the delay? Can you survive the delay? If he doesn't come tonight, will you be here next week? Waiting and waiting and waiting and the Lord hasn't come. It's the human nature that is our enemy. You know, it's kind of like the fella that went into the movie theater and he knew that God would come and judge him. But he went anyhow. When he come out, amen, he said, well, I was afraid, but nothing happened. And another day goes by, I said, well, it's not so bad after all. So he repeats uh, the transgression. Uh, amen. It doesn't matter whether it's that or put your own title on it. Uh, amen. Until, because nothing happens, uh, it must be all right. Uh, that is an attitude uh, of a generation that is evil uh, because they couldn't wait long enough uh, for the king to come. He said, if I didn't shorten the days, the Lord said, if the days are not shortened, shall I find faith on the earth? The Bible said, in the last days, because iniquity shall abound, the hearts of many shall wax cold. He said, yeah, but what about the other scripture? It says, amen, word evil uh, does abound. Amen, grace did much more abound. Amen, there's a difference because iniquity contains within her hold. Amen, rebellion and coldness, it'll freeze your walk with God. I'm going to tell you, amen, you've got to make it until Jesus comes. I didn't get in this until I could make six figures and drive a BMW. I didn't get in this until I could afford a tri-level home. I didn't get in this with promise of the things of this world. I got in this because I wanted to go to heaven. I've got to make the rapture 
But waiting is one of the greatest human feats to accomplish, not doing 500 push-ups, not lifting over your head Olympic records, amount of pounds, and getting a gold medal. Amen. The greatest human feat was in Hillary climbing the tallest mountain in the world. The greatest human feat, amen, wasn't even that pilot that landed the plane in the Potomac. Amen. The greatest feat, amen, is in all these things that we give honor and trophy and merit to the greatest feat personally and in this world is the ability to wait without throwing in the towel, without giving up. I feel like I'm preaching to this generation. Are you gonna are you gonna wait? I feel like the Holy Ghost tonight wants to know what's your threshold. Amen. I want God to know tonight that I'm here for the long haul. I'm here to the end. Amen. Oh, come on. Can you survive the delay? Year after year. Hallelujah. The lack of the ability to wait. The impatience is probably responsible, amen, for untold, unfulfilled dreams that never come to fruition because somebody could not wait. There are stories written about it. There's history penned about people that never lived up to the potential because they could not wait. They couldn't wait. Personal failures. We all have them. We bought on impulse. We made financial obligation, amen, and commitment on impulse. We made choices on the spur of the moment, amen, and have paid for it because we could not wait. If we can't have it now, we'll settle for something substituted. Missed opportunities are the result of one's inability to wait. It is cost in history as we read men, great wars. You can read about it. They were lost because one general, one captive moved before the right time, and they didn't wait for the right time. They became anxious, amen, men that we've read about, amen, that started shooting before they were in range and lost all their ammunition to end up dying when they wouldn't have had to die had they waited, but the pressure of waiting when the enemy is almost on you, when the enemy is coming up over the next mound, the pressure to go ahead and shoot at anything is dangerous. It's cost men their lives. I feel like in the Holy Ghost that God is trying to talk to you tonight. Amen. Wait on him. Personal battles lost. It's cost them their fortunes and even their own lives because they could not wait. And countless other, what do they call it, collateral damage 
of people around them because they had to satisfy something now. Churches have been uh, shipwrecked and souls have, it has cost, it has cost souls that didn't have to go to hell, that didn't have to be lost because somebody couldn't wait. anybody. Everybody affects somebody. Said it's the selfish mindset that says, well, I'm just doing this to myself and I'm going to backslide and quit. I don't want nobody to follow me and I'm just doing this to myself. You have hurt somebody. Because you wouldn't say no to your flesh and you wouldn't wait said, I don't want that kind of responsibility. You have it. You have it. You have it. Untold damage is created because of people that wouldn't just wait on God. I've seen young men go to the ministry before it was right, and they caused damage. I've seen them lose their children. They get bitter and backslide. just couldn't wait, couldn't stay in one place long enough. That's what happens to us waiting when they're supposed to be here. It's supposed to be God. What am I going to do? i got to do something. I've heard people say that. I'd rather do something than do nothing at all. Mistake, mistake. You've got a promise. He's coming back. And if I read my Bible right, he has never failed one time. God has never come up short, not even once. But we're anxious. He didn't come. I thought for sure because I thought the Lord was going to come when I got the Holy Ghost in 1975. Amen. When I got back into the church, amen, I thought he was going to come then. I thought he was going to come as I was standing down the aisle, going to get married in 1979. I just knew by the time I kissed my wife, man, we're out of there. Amen. And not that I wouldn't mind going to heaven, but I had a little enough carnality about me that I just didn't. There was a few things. Well, we won't get into that. Amen. But he didn't come. I just celebrated 34-year anniversary this last month, a couple of weeks ago. Amen. And he still hasn't come. We thought he was coming any day. I thought he could come. Amen. I could have given up. There were times it felt like, why go on? The Lord hasn't come. And the devil lies to you and says, God don't care about you. He don't even know where you are. I'm here to tell you, he's a liar. Stop living and listening to the devil. God knows exactly what you're going through. He understands the weight is hard. But I've come to encourage somebody tonight. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. They become anxious, distracted. Oh, distracted. Distracted during the wait. 
they get caught up. That's how centuries have been killed in wartime because they became distracted. They lost focus of what they were supposed to be doing, and the enemy slipped their throat. I remember Elder Raymond. Y'all may not know him, but he used to pastor by me, and he said when he was in Vietnam, amen, that he was in a foxhole watching a road with another Marine, his best buddy, who was from Downey, California. Amen. And he was a cut up. He said he was my friend. And he said, I would sleep, then he would watch. And he would sleep, and I would watch. Amen. He said, Why I slept? He said, I woke up. And he said, I noticed he had fallen asleep. I got up and I said, Hey. And when I did, his head fell back and his throat had been cut from ear to ear. survive the delay. When nothing's happening, your mind will play tricks on you. Oh, I'm warning somebody tonight. You're not taking me serious, but I'm going to tell you, you need to listen to what I'm telling you. Amen. You need to learn how to survive the delay. Oh, God, hear me. Hear me. Amen. If they become anxious and distracted, the, the consequences result is unmeasurable. It's, does it ever cost you everything? And you say, but it's too hard to wait. Amen. You know, King Saul had that problem. When I read my Bible, he had this problem. Amen. He he was supposed to be there with Samuel making a sacrifice. And Samuel was three days late. Right? Man. Saul couldn't survive the delay. I'm going to tell you, I don't care how fit you have prepared many things in your life. You need to survive sometimes the wait, the delay is probably the most important thing. I remember an old evangelist that had been preaching revival, and we had, we had prayed, I think, 50 people through. Now, he's dead and gone, Elder Rex Shields, and, uh, and he was contrary, and uh, he wasn't your typical evangelist. I mean, he didn't get up and didn't have a bunch of sad tales and teary-eyed, you know, content to get everybody run the deal. He didn't. I tell you, he was the most unorthodox preacher that I think I've ever known. Did you ever know him? You didn't know him. You ever hear about him? Either one of your Rex Shields? Okay, his son Jeremy still pastors now in 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 Louisiana, but but uh, he get up to preach, and there was an anointing on him. But it wasn't the kind of anointing like great preaching anointing. You know what I mean? He'd get up and he'd talk about Aunt Lulu in Kentucky. He'd talk about some horse in some town. And then he'd get done. He said, you know, he said, and there'd be sinners in the house. He said, I reckon if I were you and I wanted the Holy Ghost, he said, I'd step out of my pew, walk down to this altar, raise my hand, say, hallelujah, hallelujah. He said, God's going to give you the Holy Ghost. And brother, sister, if not every visitor in the house walked out of their pews, my God, I preached myself till I was about to have a hernia. Amen. I, I was having Holy Ghost epileptic seizures. Amen. We're speaking in tongues like ten Chinamen. Amen. And not a one of them go to the altar. He gets up to the reckon 
admire you. I want And every one of them come up there, and I watch them throw their hands up in a few minutes speaking tongues, and I'm going, Lord, have mercy. And he said to some of my new converts, I was building a church in Ukaipa, and we'd had a bunch get the Holy Ghost. And he said, and, and they're asking him, said, uh, uh, Brother Shields, how, I, I just love this. I want to make it. I want to. And he said, if you'll just be here next year when I come back, that's all you got to do. Just be here next year. Oh, I can do that. I can do that. See, he knew something. If they could survive the delay. <laughs> He didn't give them spiritual calisthenics to do that you, you'll do this three times a day and do this four times a week and you'll do this. Because the Pharisees had that down pat, brethren. They fasted. They tithed of all. Not that you shouldn't. That's all right. Amen. But 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 if you can just survive the delay. His, his, his advice and prescription was so simple. You just be here next year when I come. And people go, well, man, I can do that. It's not overwhelming because he knew if they could sit a year listening to dumb old me. Amen. They might just make. And then when he come the next year, because I had him every year. Amen. They'd say, oh, Brother Shields. They'd walk up to him and say, Brother Shields, I'm here. I'm here, Elder. And he'd go, good. You be here next year when I come. from the problem and the fall. They would be collateral damage. He didn't consider. He just couldn't wait. Well, I'm the king. Doesn't he know who I am in this church? Doesn't he realize I've got, I've got a resume that's a mile long. I'm talented. I'm all of this. You may have everything. Some of the most talented people I've ever had and I've ever pastored are backslid today or are church hopping from church to church like a loose stone. Amen. It's not talent that's going to get you into the rapture. It's not smarts and ability that's going to get you in the rapture. You've got to get some stick up. Stay here. You've got to make up your mind that I've got to survive the delay. Powers of darkness, I know, are against us. Our warfare is not flesh and blood. Amen. But it's spiritual darkness. It's evil in high places. Amen. It's not flesh and blood. It's not bullets. It's not swords and knives. Your battle's not even your family. Your battle, amen, is a spiritual battle. And I'm going to tell you tonight that the thing called time, time, who once was your friend, could I say savior, timeless, because when you were in season, time was a friend, and you got to an altar, and time 
took off its mask and put another one on. Time switched hats, and now time has become your enemy. The longer the time goes, tick, tock, tick, tock, the longer it drags out, the flood of waters beneath your bridge of what's going on in the world and experiences and problems flood on by. And time just goes on. Amen. Some of you, amen, if God would come right away, you'd be saved. But I'm preaching to somebody tonight. Time is your enemy. Amen. Because if he would have came yesterday, some would have been saved. If he had come five years ago, there's a whole bunch that would have been here, would have been right. But time. We can't do it this way, but there's some folks, I don't know how you all are. I judge my evangelists by which backsliders play through and how many times they play through. If it's a, you know, a pretty good evangelist, they'll play through once, certain people that I know, uh, during a revival. Now, if he's a little better than average, they'll play through twice. If it's an exceptional evangelist, they'll play through three times the same person. You know, backslide, come back, three times in the same revival. Now, that's a, re- a three-star evangelist, brother. Uh, Cicel, Cism, Cicero. That's a three-star evangelist. And I've said, you know, if they just pray through, speak in tongues, and I could take a hammer and just crush their head right there, or a gun and blow their head off, right when they're talking about, Hadaya, bam! I could get them to heaven. Now, I can't be doing that. Your pastor don't get any ideas, Elder. It's just say it don't work. You'll have a prison ministry. And it'll be a gas house experience. But I'm going to tell you, some people, the only way they're going to be saved is, well, as soon as they talk in tongues, am I right? Do you all have that same problem? You got people, man, if I could just shoot them, if they could just die right there while they're talking in tongues, they're saved. But you give them one hour out of church. How many have gone, come and gone since you've started church? Anybody can think of family and friends and people you come to church with that are no longer in church? Man, my wife and I guesstimated, it's not probably accurate, but when we got the Holy Ghost in the San Bernardino Church under Howard Davis uh, years ago, in our youth group, there was probably, and in the local churches of youth we knew, you know, the people we knew, there was probably a good 300 young people, you know, that we knew that we, the conferences and, and Sunday school convention and all, all them things that we did, and, and they were there. And today, I can count on one hand how many are still in church. could not survive the delay. I don't need to be a prophet to tell you there are young people sitting here right now, right now, right now, right now, some of them, 
young ladies or young men. That if God tarries 10 years, he's not going to. But if he did, you're not going to be in church. You're going to be in sin. A long way away from God. Because he couldn't survive the believer. He just couldn't. I want to just tell you, there's no doubt some marriages here in 10 years, if God doesn't come, they're going to be shipwrecked. You see, if he, if he come right now, you're okay. But you just, just time, time. I had a, a young lady ready to leave her husband. They've been married 12 years. And she said, I just can't take anymore. I, I just, I've had enough. I, 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 can't, I, I can't take another day of this. That's a measure of time. That is what it is. She's measured time, and I feel that. What's it going to be for you? Time is going to be your enemy if you're not careful. But see, we do. I just finished the marriage uh, retreat with Pastor Robert Davis. Uh, we, we do. I have a youth conference every year in January. We do a youth camp, family camp, every year in July. And man, I bring preachers in and we have rallies and special deals and 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 and, and we've got a prescription laid out. You'll do this, this, and this, and this, and this. And for some reason, it's not enough for some people. But I've come to you to suggest what if you just say, I'll be here next year. At this time. Oh, I don't know what's going to happen between point A and point B, between this year and next, but I'm, I'm just going to make up my mind. Live, die, sink or swim, snow, sleet or rain. Nothing is going to keep me out of the house of God. I don't have the magical answer for all the complexities of each individual problem. But if you just make up your mind, I'm going to be here this time next year. Reason why some of you can't even say amen and you're unaffected and your mind is a million miles away is because you know already, Judas, you've already sold it out. I'm so tired of this. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. We have watched preachers of late that have thrown in the towel. We've even discussed a little earlier, amen, of an atrocity of recent year, amen, of the things that have happened, men that have thrown in the towel. I'm as susceptible as anybody. I'm a human. I'm a man. And I could mess up a brethren. That's why we need each other. Strength. Iron sharpeneth. Hired. We need each other. You hear me? We can fall ourselves, but to the mercy and the grace of God. But I've got to make up my mind. I'm not stopping until I hear the sound of that trumpet. I 
realize I've got to just survive the delay. But the evil servant says in his heart, my Lord delayeth his coming. I'm coming to a close. Oh, God. I can almost hear the naysayers. Where is the promise of his coming? Since the fathers fell asleep, what are these? All things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Well, come on. We've heard that. You're so smug. You know, it's time that got a hold of Cain. His downfall. The Bible says it was the process of time. If you just look at it and say, I'll be here next week. I'll be here the next month. I'm going to be here next year. I'm not going to be here now. I'm preaching to you tonight. Can you survive the delay? I've come to tell you. Hold on, hold on a little longer. It's all right, Mama. It's all right, Daddy. The Lord is coming. He's not forgotten you, young person. Don't let the world distract you with its glitter. Amen. The Lord is still coming. I feel it in the Holy Ghost to the church of, of 2013. Can you survive the delay? Jesus is still on the way. Okay, we come to the music. Hebrews 10 and 35 encourages us. He said, cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. And this is all. I like this, verse 37. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come. Woo! And will not tarry. song, I don't even know if y'all know it, I'm so old-fashioned and stuck in the past. Amen. Buy a piece of bread, throw a bag of gold in it. What's that old song we used to sing? Life is filled with danger now. I should have. Just as I should have been ready. I wish we'd all been ready. One day, that's going to be a reality. Elder Moody called me a while back trying to get me to take all my money and award by gold. No, I said, what do you want? He bought a whole bunch of gold. And I said, put it in gold. I said, Elder, I said, what's going to happen when it's going to take a whole bag of that to buy a loaf of bread? Because that's what the Bible said. You know, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. But I want 
want to know from you. And if you don't know this song, sister, I'm so play whatever you want. And I'll just play it. Make sure it's the right song. Uh, no pressure. survive it all. I feel like the Holy Ghost is asking that question. Every head bowed, every eye closed. is talking to somebody. I'm not trying to manufacture anything. God is here. Every head bowed, every eye closed, but you know that the Lord has spoken to you tonight. This is not going to save you, and I know this is probably has, but if you feel like God has spoke to you tonight, and these preachers can look at it, I want you to slip your hand up and just let the Lord know. Pastor, will you pray for me, please? If you feel like the Lord has talked to you, lift your hand right now. Just one hand, and you put it back down. Can you survive? And some of you, no doubt, are considering right now friends that are no longer in church. They're... they're there's a friend of mine who was the best man at my wedding. Tonight he's singing in a nightclub in a bar, playing his guitar with a beard, four wives down the road, kids here and there. And we used to run the aisles together. We used to cry together. We prayed together. We'd have fast together. And tonight, so far from God. If God would have came in one of those meetings and services, he would have went. But come. He couldn't survive. He couldn't live on it. I got tired of waiting. If you're here tonight, I want you to make your way down to this altar. I'm going to tell you what. No, I'm not going to fuss with it. Your spirit's not going to mess me up. I'm going to tell you. God is talking to somebody. And I realize some would discount what God's trying to do tonight as being elementary. But I'm going to tell you, the Lord is trying to reach to somebody right now. And if you feel like you need to get a little stickle and stay in, I want you to step out from your pew and come down to this altar right now. 